Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another installment of Big Questions, No Answers. I'm your host, Sam Villa. Um, this time, I'm all alone. Oh, sad. Um, yeah, but uh, it's good. This uh, I've never really done a podcast alone that I intended on posting, but um, I've had a lot on my mind recently. And I thought like this would be a good way to to voice my inner dialogue, I guess. Um, so the question that I am getting into today is one that's, I guess, kind of a dark uh, question, but an interesting one nonetheless. Um, which is why do bad things happen to good people? And, uh, I think some things have happened in my life recently that have brought this question home a little bit. Uh, I don't need to go into too many details, but, uh, I lost someone who I was pretty close with uh last week in an a- in a car accident um who man that feels weird to say out loud uh yeah and so i've been thrown through a loop a little bit and i've been you know calling my friends and dealing with it as best as i can and they've been amazingly helpful and supportive um but I decided I needed to do something like this, just sort of one on one on everybody <laughs> uh, because I guess in the most in the recent in this week, a lot of things have been clarified, I guess is the way to put it. it all it takes is a catastrophic event to recalibrate your thinking uh and i'm realizing now how most people experience these things in their lives and and we talk about it but not really explicitly um which i find strange it's like no one really has the toolkit to uh deconstructing these things, these feelings, thoughts, uh, everything that goes along with a loss or any tragedy of any kind. So I googled uh, that question. Uh, Why do bad things happen to good people? And it's interesting when you google that question, like a lot of what comes up is people who seem to be losing their faith (laughs) in God. And it's sort of like a reassurance that but what's happening to you is part of God's plan and he is testing your faith um, and you'll become a better Christian because of it. And uh, make of that what you will. I, I guess that's helpful to people, especially if you have that underlying belief in a Christian God. Um, I don't know if I put myself in that category I don't know if I put myself in an atheist category. 
I don't. I, I would say I don't think I'm. An, I'm not an atheist. More of an agnostic, which is a kind of a cop out. I know. <laughs> but so that answer doesn't really help me in any way. Um, I just see a lot of what's been going through my mind is just the sheer randomness of life and how nothing is really between life and death. It's just kind of chance and probability uh, and the universe, uh, like whatever you want to call it. And that's hard to swallow. <laughs> like at any moment, this shit could end. And like I know you, you everyone's heard that before, you know. Carpe diem, seize the day, live today like it's your last. But uh, it's when you reach times like these where you realize that's actually true. And it feels salient. And um, you do realize that you're taking existence for granted majority of the time like a majority of the time my thoughts are structured around to be honest it's bullshit like not bullshit it, it's making up the majority of my day um you know school gym <laughs> uh but i'm realizing like a lot of the time a lot of that stuff has like little to no bearing on my actual experience. Exercise is different, I guess. I'm I'm better because of that, and I'm a better. Um, I'm better in every way. I'm better physically. I'm better emotionally. I'm better mentally. Uh, and so I guess that's that doesn't fall into that category. But just I'm I'm talking about like unnecessary anxiety causing things. Um. Like, honestly, even worrying about money or, you know, something relatively... Like, it's a huge part of our society, but for the most part, doesn't really change your experience that much, I guess. Um, I'm thinking of that cliche where it doesn't matter whether you're a pharaoh or a slave, like, you're going to end up in the ground either way, you know what I mean? The pharaoh just gets a bunch of shit to take with him, but either way, you you end up in the same place, right? Um, there's no real benefit to accruing all this stuff, which is weird because like we structure all our kind of all of our society around that. Yeah, it's impossible to get your head around. I think though, the sheer randomness. Like the, all you can do is. Go on living your life. And I'm realizing also I I can choose what to allow to rule my mind. I can let anxiety and sadness and whatever negativity rule it. Or you can let positive emotion and essentially love, as fucking cliche as that sounds, um, you can let that into your life and that's a much better way to be and not take for granted your stature and your friends and your family and everyone else who 
is a part of your experience. The strangers in on the street, on the bus. All these people who play like these minor characters that sure you may never have actually had a conversation with them, but for whatever reason they are a part of your reality. Maybe for no reason at all. Probably for no reason reason at all. Well, can't say probably. You never you never fucking know. Yeah, I think loss is uh it's a hard thing to talk about because nobody nobody wants to bring it up around someone who's who's struggling with with it. I was talking with my friend Sarov the other day and we kind of agreed that we don't talk about that kind of thing enough, even though everyone in the world experiences some kind of hardship like that. At some point, it's essentially inevitable. That's what life is. And a lot of people go so far as to say life is suffering. I don't know if I agree if that life consists of suffering. I understand that there are points of immense emotional pain, but I don't know if I, then again, you don't know what people have been through, I suppose. But o- overall, I don't think life is suffering unless you let it be suffering, if that makes sense. I, I don't mean like, obviously there are people who just get a fucking shit roll of the dice and have every reason to just feel like they're having the worst day of their lives every day. But, I don't know, we as humans, we're, like, resilient to that, to those kind of experiences. Like, even now, I feel, I don't, I mean, I'm obviously not fully dealt with this thing. Um, But I catch myself in waves, you know, like, at night before I go to sleep or just at random points throughout the day, you have, like, these weird flashes of memory uh, with this person or and remembering the good times remembering just the random just average normal everyday times but it's those sort of injections of of them into your mind that keep them alive in some way and I guess that's the major um, conclusion that I've come to realize is with all these people, I mean, this is the first time that I feel like I'm really having to process a loss. I lost my great-granddad when I was really young, like, I don't know, 10? No, maybe a little older than that. Anyway, pretty young and not old enough to, like, deal with that. And also he was, you know, 95 and had lived a long life. And, you know, you say all those things and... um I didn't, I, I mean, I knew him pretty well, but not, we weren't incredibly close. Um, I remember my mom being really sad for a while, but life kind of moved on from there because you can rationalize that he had, he'd had a good run. You know, everyone said that he'd had a good run. He'd had, he'd lived a full life. Um, and then I lost a, a close friend, a family friend, um, when I, I think I was 12 or 11, I was in the sixth grade. 
just like a freak accident and now that I'm going through this I wonder if I ever fully dealt with that I think I did um, in my own way um, but I don't know I I can talk about it now and not not get overcome with emotion or anything but uh, I don't know if you're ever like at, at that age you're just you're not really cognizant of what death is like sort of you are but really don't you don't know I mean even now like we don't fucking know what it is right like we just know it's a cessation of some kind a stopping of existence uh, at least how we experience existence and anyway to get to get to my point the conclusion that I came up with was yeah you feel sad because again it's that cessation it's that gap it's nothing where there should be something it's like a weird itch kind of or like a phantom limb now, does that make sense? I don't know if that's a good metaphor. But anyway, you you realize that now you have to you have to live life for them in a way. They have to live through you in in some kind of strange way. And that's what's kind of getting me through this, I guess. Is every time I do anything, I realized that in some small part, this is for my friend. Because she's not actually here to experience it. Um, and that makes me weight my experience a little bit heavier than I was before. I'm taking it more seriously. Not more seriously, but I'm taking it... I, I'm enjoying more. I'm not so caught up with the minutia of my mind. I mean, I still am. Like, obviously, you get caught up in a moment. Because it's not like I'm constantly thinking about this. Like, again, it, it's this waves. Like, you experience this propulsion or this crashing of waves of, I guess, grief. You could call it grief or... Just uh, thinking about your friend, thinking about that person. Um, and so it's really weird to say this, but it's had a net positive impact on my life. Like, obviously, there's no replacing her and there's no way that anything... No, like, no one can make it better, you know? Like, this is a 20... We're talking about a 21-year-old girl who had a bunch of plans for the future and she was going to see the world and fall in love and have a family and a career and a life. And, like, it's just unfair. And there's nothing that can make that right. But my realization has made me realize the richness of my experience. 
and how I do take it for granted mostly. And and now I don't. I, I uh, uh, man, <laughs> these are hard thoughts to articulate. I'm glad that the. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm glad I'm doing this though. Feels good to talk about it. Um. And uh, you can always be sad, I think, too, right? Like, you, I, right there, I had a little moment. And that, you can't escape that. That's always going to be there. There's always going to be the feeling that something's missing. But what you can do is move on and, and take life as it comes and, again, experience the world for them. And that's the only way to make it better, to make it tolerable. Um, and it makes you stronger, I guess. I mean, the I guess the Christians are right in that respect. I hope I'm not going to be hardened by it. I know it probably will be. But I guess there's a difference between hardening and, like, being emotionally unavailable or avoiding it. And I don't want to do that um, because I'm pretty sure that that will just end up backfiring pretty bad. I, I don't know from experience or anything, but it seems like whenever you pent up any emotion, it's uh, a recipe for negativity or, does you know... Um, yeah, recipe for not not good things. And I guess I go forth with the knowledge that I can... Like that something like this will probably... Uh, I don't want to say that. Not that something like this will probably happen again. But it will. Like, isn't that... Wow, that's strange. I didn't even... I really did not want to say that. <laughs> uh, but I... Yeah, you can't escape the uh, just the randomness of life again uh like it's so strange people you know you see it in tv shows or movies or name whatever medium of entertainment you want you see the tragedies of human existence death uh sickness uh accidents um and nothing like you experience it, but you don't. I guess now I uh, have a greater appreciation for, and I can empathize with people who have gone through something like this much more. Before I had this idea of it's sad and it sucks, <laughs> but I didn't really know what what it meant and I'm trying to I'm in the process of figuring it out but yeah so why do bad things happen to good people answer is I guess you could go the whole 
You know, nothing is bad, that nothing is good, no one is good. There is just existence. There is just events and people. And when events meet people is when we appraise them to be bad or good. That's the Buddhist in me. <laughs> That's the, uh, yeah, the monk. But, like, that doesn't really help me. <laughs> um, the true answer, I guess, is the closest answer I can give is it just bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people, good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to bad people. Everything just happens. So I guess it's just a spin. Everything is just going to happen. Hey, you heard it here, folk, first, folks. This is earth-shattering news to a lot of you. Everything is just going to happen. No, that, but that's like, I don't know. For, for whatever reason, that's kind of comforts me. Because it's just, it is what it is. And there's no changing it, really. I mean, you can, the only thing you can do is put yourself in a position where you are strong enough to bounce back. You can surround yourself with people and loved ones and take care of yourself mentally and physically and hopefully that will be enough to to strengthen your resilience. Like I don't know, that's a bleak output outlook, but that's really the answer. And also just enjoying a moment. Just, I guess that that was another thing that I, I realized I wasn't really doing. I wasn't enjoy. I, I mean, that's not true. I was enjoying a moment. But now I catch myself thinking about things that have very little bearing on my actual experience. And I turn it around and realize that it's just not worth worrying about. I mean, you need some level of anxiety just to, like, push you to do things. I don't even know if you do. I Maybe you, you could have, like, a positive motivation instead of a negative motivation. But then again, maybe negative motivation is stronger than positive, so you do end up needing that push of... What if I fail? What if this happens? Oh my god, then I don't want to be a loser. But it's when I guess it it can, but that can cascade really quickly into uh, just a just a positive feedback loop of negativity in your head. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. I have a pretty uh, overactive mind, I guess, and that's why I, I definitely need exercise. To because it helps to quiet that. Um, and friends and everything. But we, I don't know, we all do, right? It's made me real, it's made me just m realize that everyone has either gone through something or is going through something or will go through something at some point. It's made me much more compassionate to people. And also thinking how quickly 
things can change. Like, like there was the time before I heard the news of my friend and the time after. And it's like, it's weird. It's like my brain like separated those things, those times. It feels like, yeah, it's really weird. And how clear everything is too. Like when, I guess that's a psychological phenomenon, but like when you hear bad news, you can, I guess it's like, where were you when 9-11 happened? Everyone can remember just because it was such a catastrophic landmark event. And there's so much emotion attached to it. I guess that's probably why everything's vivid. Yeah. So, those are my, those are basically the thoughts that have been in my head. And I think it'll take a lot of, quite a lot of time for me to like completely work through this. It only happened last week, which is, <laughs> I don't, that doesn't really compute you know, to me. Like, I, I know it happened last week. But it could have happened yesterday. Or it could have happened like... Yeah, I guess it it's just fresh. Um, and that's another thing I was thinking about. It's like the, the process of time. They always say time heals all wounds. Man, I'm really throwing a lot of cliches at you. Anyway, time heals all wounds. And I think that's obviously like true and to an extent... Because things fade or it gets just pushed into the past so you don't have to... Uh, I don't know. Still feels pretty fresh. And, and I and yeah, like I said, it's only been a week. But... And I guess that'll... Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll fade into something else. But you always, like, like going back to what I said earlier, like, the only thing you really have left of them, left of the people who are gone is that memory and the shared experiences you had. And the laughing and the crying and the... Everything. Whatever you, whatever you shared with them, that's all you have. And so, in the end, I guess that's all that matters, <laughs> is just experience and joy, and like, in the moment, awareness. Hmm. It's weird. I, I, being so young, you don't really contemplate. I mean, I didn't really contemplate my mortality very much. Um, but things like this always make you stare it in the face, kind of. And being like, oh, yeah, you know. There's an end to this ride at some point. And knock on wood. I don't know if you heard that, but I did knock on wood. Knock on wood, that ride ends... 
far into the future. And maybe far enough into the future where we can live for like 150 years, 200 years. Who the fuck knows? Um, But either way, there's going to be an end. And it's a pretty impossible thing to work your head around. Just uh, cessation. Stop. The period at the end of the sentence. That is you. I don't know if that's my line, by the way. I think I heard that or read that in a book or something, so not that poetic. But, um, I don't know. I guess it's an important thing to reckon with. But, <laughs> but then again, like, what? Hmm. Yeah, you have to keep it in mind, right? You got an end to this and you need to take advantage. But whatever... Like, you only experience life in moments. Like, the, there's a past and there's a future and there's a m- memory of your life, but really there's only right now. So I guess... Do something with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my... <laughs> my advice do something with it go out have a beer talk to your friends pet a dog (laughs) laugh cry whatever man I wonder yeah I'm thinking and wondering how I'll think of myself this is a meta thought, but I'm imagining myself future Samuel, you know, 30 or so years old, 10 years from now, 31, let's say, listening to this, because this is going to be around. I'm going to post this on the internet. Like, this is, unless there's like a catastrophic EMP or a nuclear explosion, which, hey, you never know, could happen. Um, It'll be around. We'll always have a copy of this. Like, this doesn't go away. Uh, and I wonder how I'll respond to it. I wonder whether I'll just think I'm like a dumb kid who has no idea what he's talking about. Or maybe I'll resonate with that kid. I have a feeling it's, it'll probably tend towards the dumb kid because I think of myself as a 16-year-old. And just how stupid, <laughs> stupid I was back then. Not stupid, yeah, stupid, but also like just ignorant of my place in the world. And I, I guess this is like a landmark event for me. Like, I have a few landmark events I've written. This was a good, a uh, good exercise that I um, picked up from Jordan Peterson. Um, he recommends writing an autobiography of your life and like breaking it down into epochs and sort of the landmark major events of your life um, sort of written on a timeline or like some kind of outline and then you use that to uh, write some write goals and write uh, sort of the direction of your life 
and like the most positive direction your life could go and the most negative. Um, and I, that was actually a really helpful exercise. Like, I don't know how well I'll stick to my plan, but, um, just the fact that I wrote some goals down is pretty, pretty nice. And, and I can look back to it. But anyway, regardless, like this is one of those landmark events and I can feel myself growing as a person and my worldview is shifting because of it. And I wonder if, again, my older self will, I don't know, I just want to know how he'd respond, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be weird. That's strange. This is like a, yeah, that's going to be really weird. Listening back to these things when I'm older, I wonder if I'll even want to do it. I don't like listening to myself now. It's like a cringy thing. No one likes hearing their own voice. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, what about Morgan Freeman? Does Morgan Freeman like to hear his own voice? Or, like, James Earl Jones or... Anyone with an epic voice, do you like to hear your voice? I feel like if you just like the sound of your own voice, you're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there you have it. I guess that's really all I need to say. Uh, I'm glad I did this. I know it was pretty short. Um, but I hope people got something out of it. And if he didn't, well, I'll be back with more big questions and no answers pretty soon, probably next week. I hope this is well received. I miss my friend, and I think I'll always miss my friend, but that's okay. Everyone is going to have people that they're going to miss. And it's a sad fact, but it's a fact of life. Um, all right. This has been Big Questions, No Answers with Sam Villa. Signing off.